On this edition of the Iowa Business Report. California has about 10 times as many people and about three times as much land. What does that say about how incredibly productive we are? The impact of agriculture on Iowa's economy cannot be overstated. A talk with Iowa's top ag official is coming up. Bankers in rural areas of Iowa and nearby states have greatly increased optimism for growth. We'll explain why. And we'll introduce you to the developer of an app to help businesses with information that disappears in 24 hours. This is the Iowa Business Report for the final weekend of March 2021. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. Iowa is tops in the nation in production of corn, eggs, pork, ethanol, and biodiesels. And while we all know about the importance of agribusiness in the Iowa economy, it's helpful to sometimes quantify that value, and no better time than during National Agriculture Week. Mike Nag is Iowa's Secretary of Agriculture and Land Stewardship. We connected in Waterloo this past Tuesday, which was National Ag Day. In a state like Iowa, I can't think, it, almost unlike any other place in the world, this all matters to Iowa so much. And, you know, the last 12 months has certainly reminded us of the importance of a, of a strong food and agriculture supply chain. And that starts on a farm. Actually, it starts before a farm, but it starts, food starts on a farm. It doesn't just magically appear on the grocery store shelf. Coming into 21, of course, 2020 brought us unprecedented challenges in, turn of, in terms of the food and agriculture supply chain, the historic weather events of the derecho and and a drought you know and i think had nothing else happened last year the fact that 99 percent of the state of iowa was in a drought was big news but it kind of got there was third on the maybe the list or third or fourth on the list of things we know yield was impacted what a difference a year makes last year at this time we were coming into the growing season with moisture was plentiful the soil profile was full and and uh, we were raring to go this year we're dry and so we are very much welcoming this precipitation across the state, and, and uh, that's, that's good news. So from that standpoint, we need some rain largely across the state to get ready to go to the field, and, uh, and that'll be a big deal for us because the, the soil profile is, is dry. You look at the markets. Markets at the end of 2020 really started to pick up. They're mostly driven by increased demand internationally, trade agreements, the USMCA, the, the China Phase 1 agreement, a Japan agreement, all those things starting to catch hold. And uh, we were selling record amounts of grain in particular and meat uh, around the world. So the markets have really responded and we're doing very well. So I'd say when you look across the kind of that big picture, Right now, there's a lot of optimism in agriculture, and uh, we're, we're, I won't even say we're hoping for a normal year. Let me just say we're hoping for a better year in 2021. Well, certainly couldn't be much worse in no. terms of all of the <laughs> unanticipated things. And the yeah. cruel irony of it all was we had that pretty severe western Iowa drought. Then the areas where there was more moisture in the center of the state right. and along the Highway 30 corridor, some right. really good-looking crops, and then came the derecho. And this is your business, the family farm. Mm -hmm. So talk to those of us who don't have that experience yeah. about what it takes, the resolve it takes to have that happen last year. Yeah. And 
just basically say, all right, next year's another year. That's yeah. tough stuff. And I've said publicly, I couldn't do it. <laughs> it is. It's a, we, we have to be optimistic people by nature. Otherwise, boy, you'd, you'd drive yourself nuts and you wouldn't want to be in this business. But there is something. I, I love this time of year. The crop will never be better than it is today, right? Because it's not out of the bag yet. But it's you, like uh, opening uh, day of a baseball yes. season. Everybody's a World Series everybody contender. Everybody can make. <laughs> everybody's a contender. And I think that's you got it. That's a little bit of that, you know, where you say everything's new uh, and, and the spring of the year. And I have to say this: weather is a challenge every single year. You you expect that it could be, and so there's there's a bit of a mentality there. Now, last year was was historic and nobody has ever seen that kind of damage before. And so uh, I'm not going to lie. It's tough. And it hit people very, very hard emotionally uh, to see your hard work um, blown away, uh, your crops flattened, buildings that have been standing for years and years, decades, um, maybe generational buildings on a farm. And, and, you know, we know it hit communities as well. And that's tough. But I think it is just part of the nature of agriculture is we get to start anew. We get to start over again this year. And uh, we can be hopeful and optimistic, but make no mistake. And Jeff, you nailed it. They, there were parts of the state and Western Iowa was dry and folks expected that they were going to have a, a crop impact, less yield. And then you had that area that really was looking good. And I tell you, it it is hard to stomach that. And I think that did, that was working pretty hard on people's uh, mentally and, and emotionally was the fact that they were looking at record crops in a lot of places that were impacted by the derecho. For those who are not closely involved in agriculture, we may know that Iowa's economy, mm-hmm. even in its largest cities, is mm-hmm. dependent upon agriculture. But to really drive the point home, let's talk about the economic impact of Iowa's agribusiness, Iowa's producers, on the state as a whole. Well, and and I think, by the way, that when you look at the Cedar Valley and you look who's here and you look at the connectivity with the farm community, you've either got, you've, first of all, in this in, right in this geography, you've got equipment manufacturers, you've got a John Deere uh, presence here, that, that's, that, that's equipment that, that is essential to our farmers. And then our farmers supply... Uh, folks like Tyson and others with their pro- their raw material. And so this is all connected. And I think the, the Cedar Valley is a really good example of how that all works. And, and, you know, here's the other thing. You don't have to be directly involved in agriculture to benefit from that because that drives the economy of this area. Well, now multiply that across the state. We know that uh, one in five jobs in, in Iowa is directly related to agriculture. We know that a quarter of our GDP, our total economic output in the state of Iowa, is directly tied to agriculture. And then the indirect is bigger than that. So agriculture is the backbone of Iowa's economy. We don't mine coal and and oil and those types of things. We have soil and we have water and we harvest the sunlight. And that's what we do in this state. That's the basis of of our economy. And it drives jobs and economic activity in cities big and small all across the state. We can look at the numbers and see Iowa is tops in the nation in Mm -hmm. terms of corn and Mm -hmm. pork and ethanol. And I've said before, if you take any one of those, not out of the equation altogether, although that would really make the point, but even roll that back to have us be sixth, seventh, eighth in the nation, you're talking about millions and millions of dollars of impact because of the exponential effect of what happens in the rural areas of our state. Absolutely spot on. And, you know, um, I think it surprises folks sometimes. I like to make sure people know that, you know, Iowa is second in the nation in terms of the total value of our food and agriculture production, second to California. California has about 10 times as many people and about three times as much land. 
What does that say about how incredibly productive we are? And it works as a system. Remember, again, I talked about that. You've got the input side of things, the things that our farmers need to go to the field or to care for livestock. Then we produce corn, soybeans, and lots and lots of protein on farms. And and then we have a, a great food processing industry in this state and renewable energy and and all kinds of products that are made based on that that agriculture. And it all works together in a great uh, great cycle. And, and again, we all benefit from that. Are we concerned to the point that action in some way needs to be taken? And you can't control what people do in a capitalistic society with mm-hmm. their ground. If, mm-hmm. if Farmer Brown wants to sell it to a developer, Farmer Brown, he or she can do that. But right. are we to the point where we need to, as a society, pay a little closer attention to this valuable, irreplaceable, best-on-the-earth resource? Well, they're certainly not making the old adage, right? They're not making any more of it. Mm-hmm. Hard for me to sit here and say that you as a landowner shouldn't be able to do certain things with your land. Um, what I would like to see in those situations is let's reserve our most productive ground for production. It's highest and best use. I think that's, what, that's the ethic that I think we should be looking at. In our final 30 seconds, number one challenge facing agriculture in Iowa in this National Ag Week 2021 is what? For our farmers, it's profitability. It's profitability because you can't, if you can't, if you aren't sustainable in that sense, then you don't get to do anything else. You don't pass go, right? You, you, you can't make those investments that you want to in terms of conservation and soil, soil erosion prevention and water quality. So profitability matters all throughout that supply chain. And then for the broader supply chain, it's resiliency. We need to strengthen our food and, and renewable energy systems in a way that we don't have to bounce through some of those ups and downs of an economy. So profitability for our farmers, resiliency for that larger food and ag supply chain. Iowa Secretary of Agriculture and Land Stewardship Mike Nag and I spoke in Waterloo this past Tuesday. More at the department's website, iowaagriculture.gov. That's I-O-W-A agriculture.gov. Still to come, record optimism from bankers and an app with disappearing information. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa's Business Ownership Transition Initiative free workshops on ESOPs and worker co-ops twice each month. Learn more at AdvanceIowa.com and find them on LinkedIn and Facebook. Each month, community bank presidents and CEOs in non-urban, agriculturally, and energy-dependent portions of a 10-state area, including Iowa, are surveyed regarding current economic conditions and projected economic outlooks for the next six months. The results make up the monthly Rural Main Street Index, or RMI. It's supervised by Creighton University economist Dr. Ernie Goss. The latest report is more than a little positive. For the fifth time in the past six months, the survey was above growth neutral and the current number is at its highest level since the survey began in January of 2006, more than 15 years ago. The RMI increased sharply, from 53.8 in February to 71.9 this month. Again, any number above 50 suggests growth. More than two-thirds of the bank CEOs said their local economy was expanding. 
with the rest less than one-third, saying there was little or no growth. Dr. Goss says sharp gains in grain prices, federal farm support, and the Federal Reserve's record low interest rates are chief causes for the rise. Overall, the Farmland Price Index advanced to its highest level since November 2012, and the Farm Equipment Sales Index was at its highest point since February 2013. Now, the Iowa specific numbers were similar an increase in the state's level from 54.0 in February to 71.6 now. A big jump in that farmland price index as well, from 60.1 to 72.4. And Iowa's new hiring index rose from 53.0 to 72.7. Obviously not back fully to pre-pandemic levels, but strong optimism from those in financial institutions. Another report that is quite positive for Iowa and its economy. Coming up, an app that gives you real-time information about business offerings. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Panther Biz HQ. UNI students working with small businesses to advance or create dynamic social media presence. Learn more at IASourcelink.com. An app originally inspired by business shutdowns during the pandemic is looking forward to a long-term business plan. The Deets app helps a user find ways to do things, including offerings by businesses in select communities. Deets is short for details, and we get the details on Deets from its CEO and founder, Rahul Etherag. We saw a lot of these businesses were shutting down or going out of business, and we saw that like information was changing every single day. Some were open for curbside, some were closed, some were open for dine-in, and there was not a good way to uh, get that message to the residents who wanted to support local. So we built an app where everything expires in 24 hours. So when people get on the app, they're confident what they're seeing is what's happening around town. So this way, they don't have to think, hey, is this place open or not? When they see it on the app, they can go support local right away. So we made that very frictionless for a consumer. And then since then, derecho hit. And that's when, again, an app like Deets played a front and center role in Cedar Rapids because people were using the Deets app to mark what parts of the town had you know, fallen trees, where were the medical stations, charging stations, food stations. So the app, again, evolved to be a one-stop community resource tool. And now that we're coming out of COVID, the problem still exists, right? Where there are a lot of vibrancy in your community, but it's hard for you to stay on top of what's today's daily special, what are the live events happening? Or, you know, if it's a Saturday morning and you're like, I want to take some art classes, you don't know who's got the opening. So long after COVID is there, we're still feeling the need of, connecting people with the city that they live in. We are really excited that the state of Iowa is investing in us through the Iowa Economic Development Authority. So our goal with this funding is to bring deeds and the magic that we're doing out of Cedar Rapids to all across the great state of Iowa. In fact, recently we launched in Decorah and our goal is to launch in Waterloo pretty soon with this funding. And it's not just about funding uh, or launching. We are taking this money and like investing in a lot of these local businesses. So when we do launch, 
we buy tons of gift cards to local businesses or get people excited about local business. So this funding will really help, you know, be a catalyst for that. Right now, our model is to uh, take technology to small to mid-sized cities because that's where the, all the big players really like don't even think about these towns because they all want to go to Chicago's and New York's. And, but people in these towns, they try to make the best out of what they have, right? Like they try to use Facebook pages, Facebook groups, but those get noisy really quickly. And honestly, no one has the time to follow 200 Facebook pages and the algorithm suppresses 95% of the content. So our solution is built ground up as a platform that's meant for residents and the local community. And, you know, it's not, it's not like Facebook where it's meant for following up with your high school friends or influencers on Instagram. So that's where we fundamentally differ. And the, the most unique part is, again, everything expires in 24 hours, which is so unique to Deeps that no other platform has. As you go support local you earn points that you can unlock perks to further support local. So in Cedar Rapids, if you have five points, that gets you a free margarita at a local place that really upgrades your dining experience. So we reinforce that, hey, here's something cool. As you go try something local, you earn points, and then you further unlock perks that makes you fall in love with your community and businesses. We have close to uh, 10 communities in the backlog right now, and we're hiring to uh, meet that demand. But uh, coming shortly, we'll be launching in Mount Vernon and Lisbon. And right after that, we are launching in Altoona on further expanding that side. And the rest are, uh, we're still in the negotiation phase of like, what does launch look like for them? But in the immediate future, these two communities and also Waterloo in the coming months. Right now, the cities uh, partner with us to bring deeds, uh, both free for the businesses and the residents. You know, that's how we bootstrap launching in a new community. The exciting part is Deets is not a deal sap. So if businesses don't have to like conjure up deals or promotions that they normally wouldn't do, right? Like this is not a Groupon. This is a place where you can find what's unique about your community. So when people see that, hey, there's a lobster tail burger at a local place, that's all it takes for them to go support local. So that's our biggest value proposition we bring to businesses is make it so easy for them to broadcast to the entire community on what they're doing that day. What's unique? Did you have a new inventory? Are you having a new menu release? Just about anything. And uh, businesses do find that, find that very valuable. And uh, our pricing model is so, how do I say, very friendly that cities are like, this is a no-brainer price for us to bring it to our community because you know, it also promotes a big tourism component because folks in Cedar Rapids can now peek into the Cedar Valley community and be like, wow, a lot of things are happening. Let me make a day trip. Let me make a weekend trip. So that's the more collective, uh, larger value proposition we bring. The derecho was a you know, surprise for us too, but you know, the app was built on a 24-hour time period. So when the derecho at the app naturally evolved to be this community resource app, because people can also drop pins on our map. So in a way, we didn't have to do much. It's more of the community came together and they were like, hey, I'm here with the charging station or I'm, I'm here doing food delivery. Just hit me up. We didn't have to do much to make the app transition. All we had to do was give people the tools. So we just gave them specific pins like, hey, here, use this pin to mark fallen trees. Use this pin to say it's a first aid station. And then they just took that tool and you know, they helped each other out, which is what we were really excited because there, in this derecho, one thing the state of Iowa noticed or Cedar Rapids was there's not a good way to, again, relay information in a real-time fashion from people who have information to people who really need it. And the power cuts, all of that just really put a wedge in that. 
And then Beats came in and we made it simpler. So in Cedar Rapids, we have over 5,000 active users. And our goal is, you know, we are growing 20% roughly week over week. The exciting metric here, Tim, is for every 100 users we have on the app, these users generate $1,500 in weekly revenue to local businesses. So in Cedar Rapids alone, we generate anywhere between eight to $10,000 in local revenue for the small business, which is where we really shine well, right? Like, because when people get on deeds, they're looking for local information. Unlike Facebook ads, you're just like trying to scroll mindlessly and then you get a random ad, you know, like it doesn't even do much. So that's our biggest metric that we're proud of. People are already using the Deets app to discover all the places that have patios open. And as summer gets in, uh, we'll be having information on all the splash pads that are open so parents can take their kids out there. And along the summer too, we see there's an uptick on sidewalk sales and garage sales. So that's something the app will be like your one-stop solution for. So during the summer, you know, we'll have trails that are open, trails that are packed. Again, this is real-time information. So you will know how packed a park is before you even pull up there. And we are looking to cater into all those needs uh, over summer. And it'll be a great time to launch, you know, into more vibrant communities as people are looking to do more things. We are excited to keep growing and uh, love all the support people are giving us. Rahul Etherog, founder and CEO of the Deets app. Learn more online at deetsapp.com, and Deets is spelled D-E-E-T-Z. Thanks to Tim Harwood of Iowa Business Report affiliate KXEL for sharing his conversation with Rahul Etherog. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. You'll also find podcasts of full interviews with many of the folks you hear on this program. They're listed as IBR Extras and IBR Business Profiles. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, including Alexa, iHeart, and TuneIn. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.